And so we're going to dive into the Word tonight. We're still in this series called Radical. You say that with me, Radical? Radical. I want to talk to you about the radical gospel of Jesus Christ tonight. Calling it heart and soul. The heart and soul of Jesus. Pray with me. Father, we just thank you for this time and your presence. Thank you for a great time in your presence is worshiping you. Father, we just thank you for Heart Creative and, and uh, them leading us into your presence and just worship and praise. And Father, just a beautiful time of communion. God, I just pray even right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just do what you do. Lead us into all truth. Transform us from the inside. Father, the world bombards us from the outside, but Lord, you want to come in and change us from the inside. So have your way tonight, even as we dive into your word. Speak to us right where we are in Jesus' name. And everyone said, I want us to begin with a reminder tonight. Anybody ever had to be reminded of anything before? Yes. You use that little phone thing, you know, Siri, and you're just... All those reminders popping up. I have to be reminded. You know, Peter reminded the church. I want to remind you. Let me, let me echo what Peter said in 2 Peter 1, 12 and 13. This is when Peter's approaching death. He says this about reminding. He says, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are always, uh, I'm sorry, and you know are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir up uh, by reminding you. I, I hope to stir up by reminding you. Something about stirring up. Stirring up always produces life in the individual. It produces motion and movement. Stirring up is a, a very, very wonderful thing. And I want to stir you up in the area of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the heart and soul of Jesus. Why is it called good news? I, I just think about this. Who else can forgive sins? Think about just that. You're here today. You can, you can stand. You're, you're, if you're a believer today in Jesus Christ, especially after that communion, you know, you stand now in the righteousness of Christ. You're, you're, you're righteous. You're, you're, you're justified just as if you've never done anything wrong. That's what Jesus does. Who else can do that other than Jesus, the God? Who can, who can restore a life, completely restore a life, uh, a life that's so jacked up layered with problems and make you brand new? Who can heal someone of an incurable disease? Well, it's Jesus Christ. It's the good news of Jesus. Who can set a person free from heroin or meth or crack or oxy or fill in the blank? It's Jesus. He came to set the captive free. Listen to this, this scripture out of Isaiah. It's like this is what Jesus read when it was his day moment in the temple. He read this. This is echoing who he is and even what he passes down to you and I. It says this in Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus said that, but if you're a believer today, the spirit of the Lord is upon you. Oh, can you even smile or something? Come on, throw me a bone. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. In you. Because the Lord has anointed me. He's talking about me, but I'm talking about you. He's anointed you. For what? To preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. How do you think he does that now? He does it through you. All these things he did on the mission field or father's market or day in and day out of your office, or school, wherever you are. This is you. This is, this is me. He, he does it through us, the church, the body, his hands, his feet. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. I have a master key. I have a master key to the interior doors of all the facility here. I got a master key to the exterior doors. I can get in probably anywhere, I think. As far as I know, I don't always test it, but I think I can with a master key. But I want to let you know that you hold a master key. You hold a master key. I, I kind of saw a vision in the midst of worship. And it was door, 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 door. People are layered with doors. The enemy has enclosed them in bondage and just layers of doors and just layers and layers. But there's a master key that unlocks all the doors. And it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He come to set the cap. By the way, he unlocks through the gospel of Jesus Christ. He unlocks all those doors that the enemy has set people in, in bondage and in mindsets and wrong strongholds and, and, and just on and on. And, 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 and Jesus, he becomes the door. And if you knock on that door... Wow, you walk through that door, it's a door of freedom. It's a door of liber, liberty and, and to set the captive free. But you, you hold something that is incredible. A master's key. Gosh, you can just keep it in your pocket. You can throw it in the key drawer. You can lose it. You can never use it. Just like, hey, it's just another key. Wow. When people are just layered in doors of bondage and shackles and, 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 and jail and bond, I'm talking spiritually of, of chains and, and this Isaiah 61 is for you and I that you can unlock people. They can walk through those doors of freedom and liberty to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the, the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. How do you think people are comforted now? I know he comforts through his Holy Spirit, but he also comforts through you and I. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Who else will travel across a sea in a storm, get up on a beach, meet a dude with thousands of demons, buck naked, 
scary, lives in tombs, and set the person free. Wow. Jesus did. Legions of demons. I think that's 6,000 demons. Set this guy all the way across in a storm. Wow. I'm talking tonight the very heartbeat of Heart of the City Church. Amen. If you haven't caught, listen, listen, listen. I'm, I'm talking about something tonight that is much more caught than taught. Amen. Something that I just can't teach it because I could teach till in the morning you fall out your chair snoring and, and you still go out with the master keys hid in your pocket. But I'm believing that God's going to do something because I'm just reminding you, if you've been around you, you ain't going to hear a whole lot that I share tonight that's new. But just reminding you that we hold the keys that can set people free. Who else can give sight to the blind and, 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 and open and deaf ears? It's Jesus. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the heart and soul of Jesus himself is the lost. If you're lost tonight, what do you mean lost, J.O.? I'm sitting in heart of the city church. I know exactly where I'm at. I'm right on the corner of Kathleen. I know exactly, I know how I got here. I just, you know, I know where I'm at. No, I'm talking about not physically lost. I'm talking spiritually lost. Anybody that's not where they should be in the eyes of God is lost. Anything that has value that's not where it should be is lost. And there's not a person in this room doesn't have great value in the, the eyes of God. But if you're not where God wants you to be, you're lost. And that's in relationship with him through Jesus Christ. So I'm talking about spiritually lost. I'm not even talking about coming to church. You come to church. You still be spiritually lost. Wow. Happens all the time. Every Sunday, every week probably, and people are spiritually lost because they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The heart and soul of Jesus is the lost. Listen to this, Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, I mean, this is like before Jesus is ascending into heaven. This is like important conversations to Jesus. Once again, remind, look at your neighbor and say, he's just reminding you. Look at another neighbor. Ain't nothing new. Look at one more neighbor. He's just reminding you. I'm going to remind you what Jesus said, code red. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There's one thing that you and I will not do in heaven. You ain't going to preach the gospel in heaven, Austin. He says, go into all the world, wor say that with me, world, and preach. You ain't in the world when you're in heaven. Amen. It's been sealed. We got to do our duty now while we're here in this world to preach the gospel because, wow, when we get to heaven, there, there may be a time, in my understanding, a time of weeping could be that. Mm. there's a lot of people here missing. They're not in heaven. 
Go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Paul told Timothy, he said, preach the word. Amen. Preach the word. That's a father, spiritual father to his son. Preach the word. Come on, Timothy. I know you got a little problem with fear. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Do the work of an evangelist. Uh, J.O., uh, uh, I'm not an evangelist. Yes, you are. You can't say that. I don't care who you are. If you're bought with the blood of Christ, you are an evangelist. Man, cook up your chili. Share your chili. Who likes to make chili? I like to make chili too, but you don't cook chili like me. I guarantee you don't. I got secret ingredients. Well, you still call it chili. Some of you make this stuff vegetation, vegetable, you know, no meat in it. Wow, it's still chili. Yeah. What's your point, J.O.? You're going to make your chili. I'm going to make my chili still chili. A little different, but still chili. You're going to preach the gospel a little different. It's going to have a little different flavor. Because it's coming out of you, out of your heart, out of your experience. Still the gospel. But make sure you cook your chili and feed it. Share your chili. Are you feeling me tonight? Throw a little spice in it if that's what you like. I suggest meat, but that's just my opinion. The mission statement of Jesus Christ. Tell another neighbor, he's, he's, he's still reminding you. The very mission statement of Jesus. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. This is probably my favorite subject. So uh, I, I'm, I can tell you right now, I just barely scratched my notes. I'm not going to get through my notes, but we say, Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. And when I'm out of time, then I'll be finished. Holy Spirit won't be finished, but I'll be kind of finished. Pray that I finish when I'm out of time because I may keep preaching. But the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. That statement, I, that is, I believe, the very mission statement of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, that's the heart and soul of Jesus. He came to seek and save that which was lost. That statement was made right after he had encountered this dude named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, you know, you got to love this guy, I guess, because I'm sure a lot of people didn't love him at the time, but now knowing, I mean, he was a, the Bible says he was a chief rich tax collector. Think about that for a minute. Not just a tax collector, but chief. Not just a chief, but rich. Wow. How many friends did he have? And Jesus sought him out. Jesus sought him out and said, you know, come down, Zacchaeus. You know, you will never know who's hungry for Jesus Christ. You never know. You may think, man, there's no way that person's ever going to get born again. You should never say that. 
you should never, I'm sure people said that about this jacked up individual right here. I'm telling you right now, those people, Jesus get a hold of them and all of a sudden, man, they become leaders in the kingdom of God. Zacchaeus, this chief rich tax collector, Jesus searches him out, looks up in the tree. The dude's hungry for, I, I, I got to climb up in the sycamore tree to check this dude out. Jesus said, come on down, I've got to eat with you today. Now, that's a whole nother beautiful theological stance of Jesus going to someone in that culture and eating with them. I mean, it, it meant, my understanding is that I forgive you. I'm, it doesn't say that he ate with him, but it does say he went to his house. I'm just kind of assuming that they probably ate together. I, I must go to your house. Why? Because Jesus lives out his mission statement. He came to seek and save that which was lost. Zacchaeus or whoever it is, Zacchaeus or Damien or Chase, whoever it is, he comes to seek and save those which were lost. Never forget the primary purpose of the church. Don't, don't ever forget it. As soon as you forget it, man, you can start complaining about everything about around you. I mean, you really can. But if you remember why we exist, oh, it just makes it so much clearer. <laughs> it really, really, really does. Look at this, John 3. I know everyone mostly knows John 3. 16, but John 3, 17 is beautiful also. And it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Why do you read these scriptures, Yale? Because you, you got to know the heartbeat of heart of the city church. I call it the spirit of Jesus. You may go somewhere and get condemned. I pray you not get condemned here. Now, Holy Spirit convicts you. Praise God. You probably felt convicted in the, in the communion. Usually, you got to be careful when you get convicted because usually you can get real speedy during that time. Like, oh, wait a minute, but I'm going to speed right through the, those scriptures. Right, I'm gonna, That's when you should slow down on the scriptures. Go. Listen. Convict. It's all good. Don't speed through that stuff. Are you with me tonight? He didn't come into the world, look, to condemn the world. I love this. But that the world through him might be saved. Evangelism is not what Jesus did. It's who Jesus was to the core. Are you, are you, 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 you know, you get up and you brush your teeth. Right? That's something that you did, hopefully. But my point is that I'm not talking about what Jesus just did. I'm talking about what Jesus lived. His very core. Uh, uh, walking on earth is reaching the lost. Heart and soul. Evangelism shouldn't be something that you just do. Now, this is... This is this is what I'm trying to get you to catch. God help us right now, Holy Spirit. 
It's not just something that you do. It's like, okay, today I'm going to decide, you know, I'm going to do this. No, it's who we should be to the very fiber of our heart and being at Heart of the City Church. This is who we are. It's, 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 it's our heartbeat is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel should be number one. It should be the sinner, Jesus the sinner. The heart here is a gospel-centered church. If there's not a thread in the gospel, the thread of the gospel in what you're doing here at the church, I would say back up for a minute and get the thread in there. Father's Market should have a, a thread of the gospel of Jesus Christ in it. The clothing closet should have a thread in it. They should be preaching the gospel on Wednesday night at youth and Thursday night, young adults, and in your city group, at least to some degree, if it's one-on-one, -on -one, there should be a thread because we are a gospel-centered church. We're going to do a lot of things. People are going to get healed in their marriages and be equipped to do many things and so forth. But we always got to go back to the gospel. That, that's the center of what, why we exist. I have to say this, and I've said it before. I'm so glad somebody preached the gospel to me. Aren't you? If you're not, I would have to say, are you even saved? I'm not trying to judge someone. I'm just going, man, when a person understands the gospel of what Jesus really has done for us, you got to get excited. You took on all my sin. What? what? All my past, future. You've healed me layered and layered. You think Shrek had layers? I probably made Shrek look good. And he does that all through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 1.16. I love Paul echoes this. He says... For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul was an absolutely gospel-centered individual. He was all about the gospel, and he raised his disciples to do the same thing. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Ooh, look, it, he tells you why. For it is the power of God to salvation. Everyone. We say that with me. Everyone. Everyone. It's, it's for everyone. I don't care your background, your age, your color. I don't care what you've done. It's for everyone, but there is a key to it. You have to believe. <laughs> Faith. You got to believe. For the one who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. The heart of heart, of heart of the city church, is people. Everyone say people. Why, why, why is that the heart of heart of the city church? Because that's the heart of God. For God so loved the what? Who's the world? People. It's not Mars. Sure, he likes Mars, but he's all about the people. And so every gathering, if you're new, you, you need to know these things, I think. Because when we do them, you should be praying. Almost at every gathering, almost every gathering, we preach the gospel at the end, giving people opportunity to receive Christ. 
Why do you do that? Listen, I'm convinced if you share the gospel and people understand it, that they'll give their life to Jesus. I'm like, why would you not want to be forgiven? Why would you not want to go to heaven? Why would you not want to go to hell? Why would you not want God, the creator, the maker of the universe, to be your God? The one who loves you. Why? I just just don't get it. So I'm convinced that if we share it, people receive it. Are you with me? So we do that. We're going to share that today. Now, I don't want to scare anybody off if you're lost today. If you're not where you should be in a relationship with Christ, we're going to share, give you the opportunity today. That's a wonderful thing. Don't be shy because I'm talking about it right now. Okay? Because it will change your life forever. And so we do that. Um, I want to look at everyone say, he's reminded me. He's reminded me. One of my favorite, favorite areas of scripture when it comes to the lost is what I call the lostology chapter. I teach a class called lostology because I learned that term out of a book uh, called Out of Their Faces Into Their Shoes. And that's how I think we should treat people. Out of their faces and into their shoes. Are you feeling that? Out of their faces and into their shoes. Get in their shoes. Feeling me? And so in that, he termed this term lostology, and I love to teach the class. But this is the chapter, if you'll turn to Luke 15, I want to point out something. So many times I'll read the Bible, and something new will jump out at me. And I just want to share something new, because I've, I've literally preached Luke 15. I don't know how many times, because it's famous when it comes to the lost. It's three stories, or you could call it three parables, or you could call it three rebukes. Why? What what was Jesus? Why did Jesus share these stories? Because he was talking to a group of people who did not have a heart, look, look, for the lost. I'm going to say that again. Did not have a heart for the lost. I think one of the Worst situations of being in the church too long or for a long time is that uh, loss. Let us not become that way. Let me not become that way. Jesus died for the lost. We got to keep that always on the, he's reminding me tonight, J.O. is reminding me tonight. Always got to keep that on the front burner. And so, in this three parables, the, you could say three rebukes, because Jesus is trying to, when Jesus rebukes you, it's probably because you got something going on, hardened heart, and he has a way to come in and break the heart up and so that truth can get in, and he just wants to change us. He's the clay maker. We're the, we're the pot. He'll come and break us and mold us and make us. And he, he talks about these These three types of lost. I want to read the first two verses because it's beautiful. It says, tax collectors. I'm reading out, I'm reading this verse out of New Living because I just think it's just so cool the terminology that this translation uses. It says, tax collectors and other 
notorious sinners. I'm like, wow, he's speaking my language. We are a sin-friendly church. And what I mean by that, I'm not talking about being friendly to sin. I'm talking about sinners who are struggling, we want to be friendly to, because we all fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus is a friend to sinners. All right? If you don't believe that, well, just let me keep reading. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. I'm like, wow. I long for that at Heart of the City Church, more and more and more. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the religion, the religious law, complain. So you can be very religious. You can know a lot of the law and still not have heart for Jesus, for God, for lost people. Are you seeing that? Teacher of the religious law complained that he was associating with such sinful people. Here we go. Even eating with them. Because that meant that Jesus, my understanding is, he forgave them. Wow. He forgave notorious sinners? Well, hallelujah. I'm one of them. And then he talks about these three We'll just say three lost, three lost. Now, he's reflecting it all on lost people, but I love it because he talks about three lost. And the first loss, Luke 15, 4, look at this one, lost sheep. All right, let me read it. It says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it. What really stood out to me when I read this for I don't know how many of time was the intentionality of the scriptures that Jesus was extremely intentional. Every one of you in this room was that lost sheep. Amen. Every one of you. And he left the 99 or the 99 million or the 98 billion, however, whatever the number is, and he found you. He's intentional about finding lost sheep. Now, let's say this. Lost sheep represents those who are lost on the outside. Say that with me, outside. outside. Outside, they're not part of the body of Christ. They don't know Jesus Christ. They're lost on the outside. Say that with me again, please, outside. outside. Wonderful. Don't, don't forget that because I'm going to show you that Jesus covers the, 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 the entire field when it comes to lost, okay? So the next lost is a lost coin. Let me read. Luke 15, 8. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one of them. My understanding is that these coins are just not your any typical coin. It is a coin that she would receive probably on her wedding night. 
And it would have been like a wedding band, but it was around her head. And it's very valuable. And all of a sudden, she loses one of these coins. And it says this, won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? Once again, intentionally, she lights a lamp and she's sweeping the house. He did that for you. He, he, he'll sweep the house looking for you. Now, the sheep were on the outside. The coins where? Everyone say on the inside. So if you're here tonight and you're lost, guess what the Holy Spirit's doing right now? He's sweeping this place. He's sweeping right now. He's got the light out, and he's over you, and he's sweeping. He's knocking on. He's, he wants to bombard through all the doors that I talked about and introduce you to the door so that he's, he's standing there knocking, and he wants you to open it, okay? So he's sweeping this house right now on the inside. So he talks about the sheep on the outside. He talks about the coins on the inside, and then he goes into the one of the most beautiful stories in the entire Bible, the prodigal son. Amazing story of how the father let him take the inheritance. He didn't stop him. This young man, he thought the grass was greener on the other side. Anytime grass is greener on the other side, it's usually because it's mixed with poop. <laughs> Can I say that? Okay. It's just, and then that guy figured out that that grass was not really greener. And if it was greener, it was because, and then he really, really, really got jacked up, spent all of his dad's inheritance on prodigal living. You could say, let, let's break it down today. He spent it on heroin or meth or whatever, blew it, and now he's feeding, feeding pigs farmer and he's lost and so forth and so on and uh, he starts this is a beautiful thing he starts coming to his senses listen to this scripture I, I love this because of the intentionality of the father so he returned home to his father and while he was still a long way off his father saw him once again very intentional the father Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. He's so, the father is so intentional in looking for that one son that blew his money, but he still loves him, that it's out there wasting his life away in prodigal living, but he's looking for him, he's waiting on him, and he loves him, and he's so intentional. You have the sheep outside. You have the coin inside, and you have the prodigal who was inside, now outside, and coming back inside. Amen. Why do you say that, J.O.? Because God wants to touch you in any condition you're in. He doesn't leave one lost person out. He will, he, he will not leave one behind. I don't care if you're on the outside, if you're inside, if you're somewhere in between. He's after you tonight. Amen. And he's after everybody that we run into. 
day in and day out. And I got to ask you this question. Why do people get lost? Search deep. Dig through your theological file cabinet. Think about all the scriptures and I'm going to tell you why people get lost. People get lost because it's easy. Easy. It's easy. That's right, easy. You're born lost unless you do something receiving Christ. You'll stay lost. Think about this. Go into a, a new city that you've never been in in your life and you're driving around in your car and it's one-way roads like San Francisco. You don't have a GPS because they didn't make them yet. You're driving around. I'm going to tell you right now, it's easy to get lost. When you look at people and they're lost all around you, don't, don't think, oh, there's, they're so ignorant. Or, man, I, what's wrong with them? Well, just always remember that it's easy. And when you remember that it's easy, whoo, I think you'll have the empathy and the compassion that God has that he wants to touch all those around us. I think tonight I'm going to close with this scripture. I didn't even get, I, I love this subject. It's my favorite subject because I was so crazy lost. And I'm convinced that he desires none should perish. And I'm going to always remind Heart of the City Church of why we exist. 2 Peter 3, 9. For the Lord is not slack. How many know the Lord ain't slack? He ain't slack, man. He is not slack. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. But as long suffering. Amen. Long suffering, man. Think about that person right now that's underneath your skin or somebody that you've been praying for. You're thinking they're never going to come and know you. He's long suffering. Long-suffering toward us, not willing that any. I looked up that word any in the Greek. I was like, really, any? I can't come up with anything other than what you would think any means. You Look it up yourself. Maybe you can help me. It's just that he doesn't want anyone to perish. Not one. That any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen? I say that because when we, were, when we approach people, I don't care how smart they are or how simple they are or their background or how big they are or what have you, you know, Jesus wants to save them. He wants to save every person we come in contact with. One of the greatest things that you can do is remember like the prodigal son, when the Bible says, when he finally came to his senses 
Every person who is lost, they go through a season. I remember being a hellion. I remember being broken. I remember start searching. I remember people preaching the gospel to me and Christian music. I went through seasons. People who are lost go through seasons. And when they're in the season of coming to their senses, please perk up your ears. Oh, I've been listening to Christian music. Please perk up your ears. I got, I got a Bible. I don't know what it means, but I've been reading it. Perk up your ears. Do you mind if I go to church with you? Perk up your ears. They're coming to their senses. Holy Ghost is moving. Are you with me tonight? I think we'll, we'll stop there.